Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your girl, Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today, we are thinking about having a fantastic life. Let's be honest. That is everyone's goal is to just have that fantasticness in life or just to see life differently than that groggy, grumpy mood that people are usually always in, you know? So luckily for me, I have a special guest here named Dr. Like of Laika. Is that right? I apologize. That's okay. I, I call it Laika. That's the easiest way to pronounce it. Awesome. Thank you for that. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and fully introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm Dr. Laika. I was a leading cosmetic dermatologist, and I led the pack for a number of years. Uh, back in 2003, I had a life-changing event that changed all that. And uh, my life-changing event happened to be walking at Disneyland with my wife. And, you know, it's the happiest place on earth. But right. she turned to me and she said, what's wrong with you, hon? Well, you know, for once in my life, I hadn't said anything wrong. I hadn't done anything wrong. I hadn't even thunk anything wrong. But she persisted. She said, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And I said, dear, I don't think anything's wrong. Well, she said, listen to your foot. I said, what do you mean, listen to your foot? Well, she said, well, listen to it. Well, my right foot had suddenly and mysteriously developed a right foot drop. It was slapping on the pavement with each step I was taking. Now, Missy, your brain is designed not to let that happen. It picks yeah. up your foot automatically with each step that you're taking. But mm -hmm. mine wasn't doing what my brain was telling it to do. So my wife said, did you have a stroke? And I said, dear, I'm a doctor, you're a doctor. If I had a stroke, I'd be lying on the pavement saying something unintelligible right now. Well, she said, well, when we get back, you better get it checked out. Well, Mitzi, when your significant other tells you to get it checked out, what do you do? You do it. <laughs> you get checked out. <laughs> get checked out, yeah. So I started seeing a couple of doctors. And then I saw more doctors and they referred me to more doctors. I saw hundreds of doctors at the end of the day. They did brain scans. They did cat scans. They did even did scan scans. And you know what they showed at the end of the day? What did they show? Absolutely nothing. You know, oh, that, that left the doctors perplexed. Now, yeah. you know, when doctors find absolutely nothing. They do more tests and they do more tests. I think they even invented tests to do tests back then. So, and I believe the, it. You were their guinea pig. <laughs> that's what it felt like. So they couldn't figure out what I had. So they decided to send me to a world-class neurologist. One of the guys that was the brain, the guy, you know, a, a neurologist is the brain doctor. He's mm -hmm. got all the answers to all the difficult questions. So he he did the following he 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 i walked in and he said hi he said you better be sitting down when i tell you this i said why i've got a dropped right foot he said no you don't you have als lou gehrig's disease you better get your affairs in order because you're going to be dead in six months now mitzi i was taken aback by that so i asked him is there a way to prove this diagnosis and he said, of course, on autopsy. Now, this guy. Well, we're not going to wait for that. I, I said, no, I'm not going to die to prove you wrong. So I slammed the door when I left. But I was, I was angry. 
And that anger persisted in me. I was angry at my wife. I was angry at my children. I was angry at my patients. But, you know, I couldn't tell them that I was going to die. They would abandon me. So, but, you know, when you go through these phases, you go through the phases of death and dying that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross wrote in her, her book on death and dying. And in that, she said, you go through anger. You go through bargaining. Oh, God, please don't let this happen. I'll do anything if you don't let this happen. You go through denial, you know, denial. You deny that anything's wrong. And and I denied that I had anything wrong, but I couldn't deny it because my right foot still wasn't working properly. And then my right hand started not working properly. I couldn't hold the surgical instruments that I could beforehand. I couldn't hold the lasers that I was doing. But you know, I was smart, Mitzi. I became a left-handed doctor and I was able to do all the surgery with my left hand. You oh, know, wow. that's a, a little bit of a challenge to be changed from being right-handed to left-handed. Yeah. But then you go through depression. Have you ever been depressed, Mitzi? Yes, I know the feeling. It's a terrible place to be in. Everything's mm. black. You know, you can stay in bed all day staring at the ceiling and saying, you know, why should I get out of bed? I'm going to die anyhow. But, you know, I decided that I wasn't going to die of ALS. It's a terrible death. People end up gasping for air and literally smothering. I I said, if I'm going to die from this, I'm going to commit suicide before that happens. But before I did that, I went to my wife and I said, dear, what do I have? She said, I don't have the faintest idea, but you're smart. You'll figure it out. I said, dear, I've seen hundreds of doctors. They couldn't figure it out. And she said, well, perhaps you haven't seen the right doctor yet. That's interesting. So that gave me a challenge. And I started to look around. And back in the early 2000s, something new was invented. You might have heard about it. It's called the Internet. (laughs) yes yes i have it's very handy (laughs) can you believe that was only in the early 2000s that that happened and how it's so pervasive now it controls our life now but you know back then we didn't have computers with a lot of memory we had dial-on connections so you had to put your phone on a cradle and it would go for something like 15 minutes before it would connect. And a lot of times it didn't connect, but when it did connect, you were able to get to the other side. And the thing is you only could communicate with a primitive language like DOS because our computers had no memory. So I had friends that were nerds and they were able to get me to get to the other side. Now the internet was then just like now, it's the world's best resources but it's full of garbage cans and you can't tell the best resources from the garbage cans that are there. So they helped me navigate. And I found a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado, by the name of David Martz. Now, David had a story very similar to mine, but quite different. And it was different in that he got worse much more rapidly. He was on his deathbed within weeks of his diagnosis. Wow. 
But the interesting thing is David was so well known. Doctors from around the world were coming up to say goodbye to David. And a Dr. Harvey came up from Texas and looked at David and said, David, I don't think you have Lou Gehrig's disease. I don't think you have ALS. David whispered, because that's all he could do at that time. He said, what do I have? The doctor said, I think you have chronic Lyme's disease. I think you've been bitten by a tick and it's mimicking ALS. And he said, if I'm right, I can start you on treatment and you will get rapidly better. David said, what do I have to lose? I'm dying. Right. And he started him on treatment. And with two weeks, he was back to normal. He was like Lazarus arising from the dead. Yeah, that's interesting. It is interesting. So I knew I had to get in touch with David. So I phoned every hospital in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I got in touch with him at the Methodist Hospital. Okay. And there I was able to talk to him. And we talked for hours. And he invited me to come down and see him. I said, when? He said, right now. I said, David, it's Thanksgiving in Canada. My wife's invited 50 people over. He said, aren't there any planes in Canada? <laughs> so I went to my wife. I apologized, saying I wasn't going to be there for Thanksgiving. She said, where are you going? She said, you're always going places and doing things. I said, well, I'm going to see a doctor in Colorado Springs, Colorado, that claims he can help me. And my wife said, well, guess what? I'll pack your bags for you. I'll even get you to the airport. She said, don't waste any time. If this guy can help you, I want you to see him. So I flew down. I saw, I went from Edmonton to Denver, which is a great flight. And then I went from Denver to Colorado Springs. That's an awful flight. It's on a rinky-dink puddle jumper. Have you ever been on a rinky-dink puddle jumper? No, I have not. Well, I would recommend you don't. You see, a flight <laughs> like that flies at the end of the day, and it hits eddies, which means turbulence. So mm -hmm. the plane will be flying along, and then it'll drop 100 feet without warning. Then it'll climb back to its height, and then it'll drop another 200 feet. And oh. over and over and over again. That 15-minute flight is the flight from hell. Oh, so my I, goodness. It's awful. Well, I got off the flight. I crawled off the flight. And there was David on the tarmac to meet me. You see, in the early 2000s, they hadn't put in all the safety precautions that they have now as a result of 9-11. So it was, he was there to meet me. And we talked for hours. And he said some magic words. He said, Dr. Leica. I think history is repeating itself. And he said, I think I can help you. So he started me on treatment. And that's why I was able to continue as a top cosmetic doctor until 2019, when I walked away to help people more. Wow, that's well, um, so interesting and so inspiring. Well, what caused me to walk away is it, back when I learned about my diagnosis and started doing things. I started to give back. And one of the things I started to give back to was a society called the YWCA. And I sponsored a major gala event called the Women of Distinction event, where we honor women in society. Because you know, women do not get the kudos they deserve even now. So I decided to help correct that. So what I did was I started to give back. And 
uh, a woman, a wonderful lady by the name of Harriet Tinka applied for one of the awards, a Turning Point Award. And Harriet had applied so that she could meet me. And the award is given to a person that has really changed their life around. Now, Harriet's story is fascinating in that she was a world-leading neurologist, a, a world-leading model. She was walking the, the cat ropes of, of New York, and she would uh, go to Milan, and she'd go to Paris, and, and she, she was a beautiful Black lady, but she decided to give up on that industry. You know, modeling is a terrible dog-eat-dog -dog industry. And mm -hmm. so she gave up and she was going to take accounting, which was, her, which was her second love at the University of Calgary. So she decided to go there. And um, there she was befriended by a psychopath, an evil person that ended up kidnapping her, stabbing her, and leaving her for dead. Oh, my God. Now, the story gets better than that because Harriet ended up at the hospital and she doesn't know how she got there, but they revived her and she was going through rehab and she met a beautiful young girl by the name of Amanda. Amanda was wheeling down the hallway in a wheelchair. She was in an accident where she lost both of her parents and she lost use of her legs. And she asked Harriet to tell her story and Harriet told her story. And, here, and the girl, Amanda, said, Harriet, you should be ashamed of yourself. Why are you moping around? Why are not you not using your story to inspire other people? You have a great story. So that's when Harriet decided to apply for the award at Women of Distinction. And she did that to meet me. And that's why we wrote a book called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, which became a best-selling book in the pandemic of 2020. And it is now an international best-selling book, and it's an award-winning book. So it really is meant to inspire others. And it's about the wonder of the things we found and the things we learned. You see, as a result of our tragedies, we got better for them, both Harriet and I. We, we were like, you know, the analogy is one of a pearl. And you know what forms a pearl? Sand and time. Yes, a sand gets inside of the shell of an oyster. And mm -hmm. it irritates the oyster. The oyster isn't damaged for it. It just puts this beautiful material out called luster. And golden pearls actually exist and mm. exist in the South Pacific. And a single solitary pearl is costs upwards of $10,000. Wow. What Harriet and I found were there are golden pearls in each and every one of us. Yes. And we wrote about those golden pearls in our book. And we put 13 golden pearls in there so that people can live a better life. And that's what our book is now. It's called The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. It's available on my website, and it's also available on Amazon.com for anybody that would like that. Yeah, yeah, wow. That is truly inspiring, and I'm so glad that you guys were really able to take your testimony and put it out there in a way that will help somebody else, because I think I say this time and time again that 
each every one of us has a testimony and there's somebody out there that you that is either living that same testimony as we speak or has gone through it and they don't know what else to do with themselves and i think when people speak about their stories and their lives and what they've been through it gives like a sense of peace knowing that you're not alone you know and i think that's so important and i and i applaud you and harriet for being able to do that because it's hard you know it's hard for people to be vulnerable and put out their story and, and put their heart out there but that is truly inspiring and, and amazing i mean i don't want you to give all the 13 golden one but what are like a couple two or three um golden rules that you put up there you know i'm going to share one of them with you and i'm gonna just open my book here so that i can do it for everyone the first golden pearl is love and the last golden pearl is empowerment and in golden pearl they start with a quotation and then they go to a story and then they go through the dialogue that Harriet and I had when we were writing the book. So it's a very unique book that not too many people have written. Now, the introduction to this book is by Jack Canfield, who wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. So oh, our friend Jack decided to write the introduction to it, which is a beautiful thing. And, and I, I, I'm so glad that he was able to help us with this. But I'm going to start with a little bit on the uh, love. And I'm going to go through the quotation that we wrote to begin it. Love, I believe that dreaming is stronger than reality. Desire is more potent than apathy. Hope is more powerful than despair. Joy always triumphs over sorrow. That laughter is the ultimate cure for man's foibles. And I believe that love is stronger than hate, the greatest gift of all. Mm. That's what I wrote to start this chapter. And, and I would love everybody to realize that. You know, we're dealing with a day and age of so much hate, so much anger, so much violence, so much stuff going on that I think everybody has to look at the very principles there and everybody should love their neighbor and they should love and help them and I'm going to challenge your audience today to do something for somebody else today that you wouldn't regularly do pay it forward you know if you have a neighbor that's living next door that you haven't seen in a while maybe you can knock on their door and give them a dozen cookies that you just baked. Maybe in the grocery line when you're shopping for groceries, you can turn to the person next to you and say, hi, how are you today? My name is blank. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I know I am. Because you know so many people are in despair right now. So many people are going through a funk and you really need to spend some time to help them that way. Uh, you really need to help them. If you don't help them, they could be the next person that tries to commit suicide. They could be the person that has an angry act against their neighbor. You know, maybe we can break that cycle by doing something positive in all this, because I think that's very important that way. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that quote was so beautiful. Oh, 
so beautiful it truly makes you really reflect on your life and really consider and like you just said just be kind to your neighbor just do something just pay it forward it's so simple when you say it but when you do it it impacts so much like one time I paid for someone's coffee just because they they their car declined but for them that was a lot you know that was a lot for them but for me it was just like you know, just a good deed, you know, just to help someone. And I felt so good knowing that I, I was able to help that person just in that moment that seemed like nothing to me, but was a lot for them, you know, and people don't realize that when you receive someone's generosity and kindness, it impacts you for the rest of your life, truly for the rest of your life, where you really consider what can you do to help somebody else to make them feel that way? You know, because one time I was stranded and my car like got a flat tire and some random guy helped me, sincerely helped me. And he just said, I'm, I'm just paying it forward because somebody did this to me and they were really kind. And I figured you would need this help as well. And I'm just like, wow, you know, so these moments of paying it forward are are necessary, you know, especially now. Like you said, it's just, there's so much hate and, and discrimination and just bitterness in the world that putting that nice kindness out there really makes a ripple effect on your life and other people's lives. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, I'm To be honest, now I'm really intrigued. Now I got to get the book. <laughs> now I got to get the book because that sounds so amazing. Another story that's from there. You know, there was a carpenter and his name was Fred. And Fred had worked for the same boss for all his life. He had worked in the same business for 45 years. And he was tired. He really didn't want to do it anymore. So he went to his boss and he said to his boss, boss, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. The boss was taken aback. He said, Fred, you're my master carpenter. You've helped me build every house that we've ever built. Can you do just one more thing for me before you leave? And Fred said, of course, boss, I'll do anything. I'd love this job. And he said, okay, can you build me just more one more house? Remember, you're my master carpenter. Only you can do this job. Fred said, begrudgingly, yes. But his heart wasn't into it. Every day he's dragged his ass to work and he barely get the job done. And for the first time in his life, he produced shoddy workmanship. Now, at the end of the day, a miracle happened. The house passed inspection. So he went back to his boss and said, okay, boss, I'm done. The boss said, hold on. He called everybody in the office together. They had a party. They popped the champagne. They had caviar. They had a great time. And then the boss said, everybody gather around. Everyone, this is Fred's last day. He's going to be very happy, but I'm going to be sad. He said, but Fred, I've got a gift for you. Here's the keys to the last house you ever built. May you enjoy it with all the enthusiasm you've shown me over the years. Now, can you picture what that house would have been like if he built it with his usual enthusiasm? Now, the reason I tell you this is because this is not, enthusiasm is not a Monday thing. It's not a Friday thing. It's something you have to bring to the task every minute of every day. And that's the game changer. That's one of the magic pearls in my book.
and it teaches you how to live that life, that fantastic life that you should live. Yeah, yep. I've heard that story before and it is truly inspirational. It makes you really realize that what you put into your day-to-day things shouldn't necessarily change. You know, your momentum needs to be consistent. And I, I, I'm so excited to get this book now because <laughs> now I want to really see and read through because I think this is such a great tool for individuals out there. And I, no surprise, absolutely no surprise. That it's, it's a bestseller because just the little description that you have been giving me, I mean, of course, how could it not, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm just honored and privileged for people to have looked at it in such a light. But you know, that book led to a podcast called How to Live a Fantastic Life podcast, which led to a syndicated radio show, which now has 3 million listeners a a month. So it truly has birthed uh, a lot because of the, the wonderful gratitude that I've done. And I hope that I can help more and more people. So if people want, please listen to my podcast. Look for my radio show. It's it's on AM FM 24-7. And you can find, uh, we do 12 shows a week now. Wow. That's a lot. That's amazing. That's awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys heard it first. If you guys want to know more, you can find his picture on my website, mitzithinking.com. And you'll get access to everything, Dr. Laika. You get access to his books. You get access to his speaking engagements and his podcasts and all of that good stuff. Check out his his um radio station. Now, I, now I'm curious to check it out, too. I'm going to have to look it up and see. But I guess to really start um, wrapping up the show, what would be some great advice that you can leave us off with? I know you've been already giving us some great advice this whole entire conversation, but what would be some last one? The number one thing, Mitzi, is that it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. You know, everybody in their life is going to have stuff that's going to happen to them. But you can either be a victim or a victor. It's your choice. And if you do choose the right path, you'll be able to do things properly. And that's how you're going to overcome. You know, always take action. Always try stuff. You might fall down. That's fine. Get up. Do it again. Do it again. And keep on doing it till you get it right. Always try to be the best at what you can do, whatever you do. And you know, if I can be a further help to you, let me know. I offer a free 15-minute consultation on my site. Uh, You can sign up for it there. It's called Coaching with Dr. Laika. And if I can be of service to your audience, I'd love to do so. Awesome. Well, good deal. Thank you so much, Dr. Laika. You have been giving such great information already and just a great testimony, just sharing your journey and sharing your story. And I truly appreciate your time and your perspective and helping us think, you know, helping myself and my audience just think about life and their story and their journey and just in a different, in a, in a shift of a moment, just because just that shift can truly create a ripple effect and create something amazing within them and that they'll be able to share with other people because I know you have done that with me within this conversation. You has really sparked something that I know it's going to plant plant further forward. So I truly thank you for your time. Well, thank you for having me as a guest. It is indeed an honor and a privilege. 
Thank you. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to hear more, go check out Dr. Like on my website, mitzithinking.com, so that you can find out more and get the help and get just get some advice. Just finish getting the answers that you're truly looking for, you know, because let's be honest, you're probably looking for, you have questions that you just need answers to. And I'm pretty sure Dr. Leica will be able to assist you in those manners because he lived a fulfilling life already. <laughs> Alrighty, y'all take care. Bye.